Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. So glad to have you along today as we're getting the Word of God, talk about it, and share what Scripture says about our life. We're looking at the Sermon on the Mount. This is the greatest sermon that has ever been delivered. It is life-changing. It's what convinced me to become a Christian 50 years ago. And I'm excited to be sharing it with us. So let's get right into it, all right? We're looking at Matthew 5 and verse 14. And it simply says this, you are the light of the world. Now it goes on and says more than that, but I want to stop right there. Because so often we can skip right by that without realizing the impact of what that's saying. You, my friend, are the light of the world. That's pretty astonishing. When you consider celebrities, people under the spotlights, people they call illuminaries, people who are famous, we think of people who have a lot of money, we think of people who have a lot of power, a lot of influence, we think of people who build big enterprises, build big buildings, uh, build big corporations, people who are on the covers of magazines, and yet Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You, do you think of yourself that way? When you leave your house each day and go about your business and go to work or go to the store or go to school or, or just walk through your neighborhood or whatever you do, do you think of yourself, I am the light of the world. I'm to shine. I'm bright. I'm, I'm something special. I'm important. Now, don't get a big head because it's not based on you. It's based on Jesus. In John chapter 8, Jesus said of himself, he said, I am the light of the world. And indeed, he is the light of the world. But, and, and well, one step further, Jesus said, or it says of him in John chapter 1, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. It goes on to say that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overpower it. Well, sometimes it can feel like that's the case, doesn't it? but it doesn't. The light will always shine in the darkness. We won't be snuffed out. So my, my brothers and sisters, first thing I want to encourage you today, think of yourself as the light of the world. It's a high calling and it's a great responsibility. I don't think of myself enough this way, but I'll tell you, if we do, we're going to go through life feeling a little bit different we're going to go through, we're going to encounter people and situations differently than if we just think we're just an average old mediocre person. No, you're the light of the world. Let's take a look at this theme. What's the very first thing God did? Do you know? In Genesis chapter one, verse three, after God created the heavens and the earth, once he got to around to really forming it, shall we say, it says, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Wow. Folks, we live in a dark, dark world. There's a lot of meaning. I mean, this is, this is just exploding with meaning, isn't it? Symbolism, significance. In a dark, dark world, God chose to bring light. He separated the light from the darkness. Because we're the light of the world, we should not envy the darkness. We should not uh, look up to the darkness, idolize the darkness. 
Want to be like the darkness? You say, well, of course you don't do that. You're a Christian. Of course you don't uh, envy the wicked or the dark people or the, the, the people who, who, who live in sin or the people who take pleasure in wickedness. Of course you don't do that. That's darkness. But make sure you check your heart and make sure down deep you don't. Remember, David said he almost stumbled because he envied the wicked. They seem like they don't have any problems. They got all the money. They got all the power. Uh, their life's good. Look at my life. And David said in Psalm 73 that he almost stumbled because he thought that way, envying the people who live in the darkness. I might also add, never underestimate how much your children or grandchildren may envy or look up to or want to be like the people in the darkness. Help them understand we're the light of the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. Help them to understand that they don't, that, that who are their heroes? Who do they look up to? Who do they want to become like? Indeed, it's really easy to want to become like an athlete or something, a star, uh, a celebrity, people who have great talent. And of course, there's nothing wrong with wanting to develop your talent or whatever. But make sure that some of the, some of the people who are in the, the stardom, they don't have good character. They don't love the Lord, and they certainly aren't living the way we want to live. Be careful in the whole image that's being built. And of course, we are constantly, when we talk about these people, we're constantly being tried to be sold certain goods, marketed to us, and it's called branding. People don't want to just sell us a sneaker to wear or some pants to wear or a top to wear or a car to drive. They want to sell, it's all of marketing now is selling a lifestyle. It's, it's a brand. Wear these shoes and you'll be like this person. Drive this car and you'll have these experiences. And understand this is affecting people. There's very powerful, strong, smart, influential people trying to cause us to want to be like the darkness. But God says he separated the light from the darkness and the light was good. And that means you, you are the light of the world. And I'd like to say to you, in light of that, shine, shine brightly. Remember, we've said it before here, don't go singing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Sing this great, big, magnificent light of mine, I'm going to let it shine because God has made you the light of the world. So what do you do with that? If you're the light of the world, a, Jesus goes on to say, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine in such a way that men may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. This is rich. This is rich. We should let our light shine in two primary areas. Number one, out on the hillside, on the hillside so everybody can see it, so the neighborhood can see it, the people at work can see it, the people, the people in your world can see it. Get up on a hill. Be seen. Don't hide what you're doing. But also let it be shining in your house as we know this is important. Don't be lackadaisical in your house just because you, you're used to the people you live with. If God has put his light in you, let it shine with the people you live with. Let the light, the glory, the goodness of God shine in how you treat your spouse, 
how you treat your children, how you talk to them, how you honor them, how you bless them. Be light to them. Don't be darkness in your own house. Don't hide what Christ says has done in your own house. Sometimes we find it difficult, I know, to bring up Scripture and just talk about it. But no, let it shine. Talk about the Scripture. Share your testimony. Share the things God is doing. Let Christ be seen in your household, in your household and on the city. And Jesus says, let it shine in such a way that men may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Remember a few weeks ago, I talked about an old friend of mine I'd reacquainted with and how he'd begun to pray that whenever he left his house, uh, that, that God would use him maybe to run into someone who was needy, that he'd be aware, Father, today as I'm going about my errands, about my business, about whatever I need to do, help me to realize there are people, human beings I will encounter who need encouragement, who need to be lifted up, who need Jesus, who need a word of of, of, of strength, believers, unbelievers alike, that I can influence, that there will be people who are hurting, that people who need to know they're loved, the people who need to see that God is alive, people who need hope. Folks, that's all around us. I know you need that. You need that. And so what does God want us to He wants us to get that from Him and from His Word and from times like this where, in, where we're strengthened, inspired, and encouraged by His Word. We get filled up because as we go through life in our home and outside our home, we encounter others who need to be filled up. And God wants to use us as that light to bring encouragement, strength, inspiration, and love to these people. Let's do that. Let's be Let's, let's let our life be filled with good works. Little things, pick up some trash in the neighborhood. You, you do a little neighbor, errand for your, do something for your neighbor. You see a need, you help them out. You know, Roz and I, remember, you know, like last spring, a neighbor planted a bunch of new seed and yard grass seed and, and a lot of crabgrass had grown up in some weeds. We're out on a walk, start chatting with them. You know what? We just, I don't know, we just started picking weeds with him. We picked like uh, 20 minutes. We sure lightened his load. I know that meant a lot to him, just to stand there with him and pick the crabgrass and weeds out of his yard. Wasn't hard for us. We were just out for a little fresh air. Why not serve somebody and do some good works while we're doing it? Have a talk with him, fellowship with, well, he wasn't a uh, necessarily believer, so talk with him about life a bit. Why not? Who knows how far something like that will go? Do good works and let your works be seen in such a way that people would glorify your Father who's in heaven. That's what we want to do. Let your life be filled with that, my friends. Now, one other thing I just want to share quickly is God says this, if we want to shine brightly, do all things without grumbling or disputing so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. We live in a crooked and perverse generation. Scripture tells us that, and it's true. We live in a time where there's a lot of darkness. We live in a time where a lot of dark deeds get exalted and celebrated. All right, we can curse the darkness. That's one thing we can do. How much better to light the light, to light it, the light of Christ and let it shine brightly. Yes, there's a place to point out the, and expose the deeds of darkness, as it says in Ephesians 5. 
There's a place to reprove them. There's a place to make sure we don't participate in them and that we guard and protect the people of God from being enticed by them. But there's also simply a place in which we let our light shine. Remember, the darkness cannot overcome the light. Let it shine by your speech, by your gracious speech, by your kind speech, by by your speech that, that brings out the best and the opportunities and provides a blessing to others. Let's catch people for Christ with that type of speech. Amen? Amen. Father in heaven, we bless you today, and we love you, and we thank you that you have made us the light of the world. What a privilege. What an honor. What a what an honor <clears throat> and what a high calling that you would say of us that, Jesus, you were the light of the world, but now you've put that light in us. I pray, Father, help each one of us to believe this, to shine, to believe you want to use us in a dark world to be a bright light. And we just offer ourselves to you and say and pray you would. We'd be known for our good deeds. We'd be known for our gracious speech. And we pray for this and bless you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I want to say a special prayer today for my friend Beth as they, uh, her mother's being buried today, that you provide her strength, comfort, and encouragement to their whole family. And we've, Lord, we've given so many prayer requests we've lifted up to you here recently. We just bring all these people who've been suffering and sick and even hospitalized, bring them to you again and ask for your healing and comfort in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend Beth that I just mentioned, and some of you may want to know, I'm talking about Beth Seebeck, some of you may know Herschel and Mardine Martindale. Herschel passed away last June. Mardine, his wife, passed away this week and is being buried today. And so those of you who knew the Martindale family who were very instrumental in a lot of our lives in building us up in the faith and being like parents to us in the faith, passed away this week. And uh, today is her funeral. And so we pray for their family and their comfort. God bless you. So thank, so thankful to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God. I hope you'll join us every day. If you're new, subscribe to the channel. Be here every day. And uh, we get into the Word of God live, 8.30 a.m. Give it our best to learn and grow and walk with the Lord. I hope you'll join us. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.